Welcome to Power Up Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones. And in this episode, we speak to Will Sawyers, owner and operator of Plumbing Solutions based in Adelaide. Now, Will's story is definitely one of persistence, resilience, grit, patience, and a number of other words you can throw in there. Because as you'll hear as Will shares his story, operating his business for over 15 years definitely wasn't rosy. For a large part of it, Will was stuck on the hamster on the wheel in what we term you know, that classic firefighting mode where everything appears urgent, everything appears important, and you're pretty much going day to day trying to work out you know, where's the next job coming from, trying to follow up to get money to get in the bank so you can actually pay payroll or pay the team. And ultimately, the huge stress that Will was under and the frustrations was getting reflected onto his team and more importantly, onto his family life as well. Not understanding the numbers as well was key is that often making uneducated decisions or gut feel decisions, which would obviously then negatively impact cash flow as well because of a bit more of a guesstimate. With Will, and this is the great thing with Will is that you'll hear he's had great belief in himself. He had the pieces of the puzzle of how to run a successful business, but he just didn't know how to connect them or how to put them in the right place at the right time to really get a clear picture of the path ahead. Now, learn how over the past 12 to 18 months, since Will's really bought into our Power Up Your Business program, how he really was open to being uncomfortable. In other words, being told how he needed to make a change, being told how he had to slow down to focus on the one percenters. And, And what we talk about and what we sort of relate to is about less is more mindset. Rather than doing more and getting busy, slow down and focus on the key aspects that drive performance, drive profit and drive productivity, which as a leader, it's all about understanding where you deliver the most value for the organisation. It's not about running around doing jobs all the time. And one of the key aspects that Will's done great here, and this is why you hear his story, is he invested huge amounts of time, energy and money into building his team. He's really allowing himself or his team to really step up and own it. And he's able to take that back step, have confidence in his team to run the organisation, run the business and the jobs for him. And the result, well, over that last 12-month period, we've seen a great increase in revenue, a 62% increase in revenue by focusing on sales pipeline and A-class customers. But the key thing here, as we always talk about what we focus on, it's about the bottom line. It's about the operating profit. It's about what's the return on investment for me as a business owner. Will achieved a whopping 471% increase in operating profit. And again, that's not about by doing more, by running around more and trying to fit more hours in the day. It's about by slowing down. And the outcome of that, Will's stress is down massively. His confidence in building a great business is huge. And his team is now really engaged to lead the business. They really own it. They're really stepping up and and taking a lot of accountability, which takes the pressure off Will. So this is a great story, everyone, especially those business owners out there who may have been operating for a long time and not sure where to go. You may have the belief, but not sure what pieces of the puzzle you need. So Will's is a great story. So really enjoy this one, everyone. Cheers. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come to realise that, hey, got to get better at business. So, Will, great to have you on board this episode of Power Up Your Business Podcast. Will, operating Plumbing Solutions in Adelaide. So, thanks for jumping on board, Will. 
You're welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. So you've got a great story and always love discussing business with yourself. You're a well-read individual on Business 101, obviously then running your your tradie business as well now for around that 15 years, right? the plumbing solutions for 15 years? That's right. Yep. Obviously, in the last couple of years too, sort of moving away or not moving away, but creating another division, which is the building aspect as well of your organisation, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And just in those early years, like coming back to the early years, the formative years of running your business, as I always like to say, it's just like, how are you feeling? You know, that, that decision that you made, and this goes for every business owner, that decision you made when, you know, I want to get, I don't want to work for someone else. I want to get my own business card. I want to get started. How are those sort of formative years or those early stages of running your business? How do they look for you or work for you? Well, if I'm reflecting back, most of the way we operated was just reactionary. You try and find work, get it done, and try and find more work. That was the rotation of the way we operated for a long time. I finished off with my last employer and was contacted within weeks by a builder saying, can you come and do some work for me? And I just I said to him at the time, no, I want some time off between you know, when I finished up and, and when I wanted to start. And that was my introduction to the world of building when you're the top position. So they demanded and then we reacted. And that, like I said, was like that for a very long time. Yeah, it's just essentially you were dictated by whatever happened on the end of the phone and that, that classic sort of that firefighting mode there where it's just like yeah, everything, everything appears urgent and that feeling of out of control. How long did it, like those early years, did it feel like sort of from the get-go even within, you know, sometimes it's a bit of a honeymoon period where the first six months, 12 months, even 18 months, that's pretty good, you know, got a bit of freedom, seeing some cash sort of rolling in at that time, not understanding that you're still going to pay tax and a few other liabilities. From your point of view, when did it start to really bite, I suppose, on your personal life when you went, shit, you know, I really haven't got control here, even though I wanted more money and more time, I'm really feeling like I'm enslaved to this job. When did that sort of start to bite? Well, just before we get to that, just to begin with, as a business starter, it's great getting that feeling that people actually want you and that you have a product that's in demand. So the first, let's say, one to two years, apart from the tax issue, the federal government (laughs) has a requirement that everyone out there needs to uh, oblige. That is, they need their money, and they run a business just like we all do. How can they be so unkind? What do you do? You (laughs) inevitabilities in life, you pay taxes and you die. Yeah. But, yeah, so the first couple of years, they were great. It was nice being in demand. The product we produced was great, so we were very high level in what we delivered. Fantastic. And then you kind of jumped on the hamster wheel and did that for a while until eventually I ended up working huge hours for very little money. We didn't have any systems and processes to fast track or or to smooth out anything within our business pretty much, except for we were using a reasonable accounting package um, in MYOB. And it came to a head about five years in when by that stage I got married, had a child. She was about three. I had a one-year-old on the ground and our three-year-old said to my wife, Mummy, when's Daddy going to have enough time for me? At that particular point in my life, that's where I realised, right, something has to change here. Yeah, that's a big sort of slap in the face, right? That's a big like, okay, I better stop and have a look in the mirror and sort of see what's important in my life. It was just that moment where I realised this is not what I signed up for. Mm. I thought I was going to have 
freedom to work when I chose to employ staff that would do all the right things all the time and that I was looking towards the good life. And that was around that five years in sort of stage, was it? Yeah, four to five years. I don't remember specifically. I could easily work it out. But yeah, that's just that particular time in in business where I had a personal need that had nothing to do with the business and the business just wasn't producing what I thought it would produce. And there's a common stage where that up to that five years where most business owners, up to around 80% of businesses shut down within the first five years. And because it got to that point exactly where you were, where it's also that realisation where, hang on, how many years am I in now? And it's pretty pretty daunting when you count on your fingers, you go, hang on, one, two, three, shit, I've been going for five years now. And when you look at it, then you go, potentially I would have been better off just working for someone else. I definitely would have had more time for my family. It comes that realisation where that reward, am I getting a reward for all the sacrifices? And this is for every business owner out there, it's listening at all, all the tests to it. It's just like you open up with rose-coloured glasses, you open your business and you're expecting a lot of things to fall into play. But as you appreciate, Will, correct, running a business is totally different to being good on the tools. You know, being good on the tools doesn't roll over to being good at business, correct? No, you could be an absolute gun in any industry, any format, any type or style. But in this guy's Uh, What I've discovered anyway is that, yeah, learning about how to run a business is very different to learning how to run a decent job. Mm. They run concurrently. They're not one and the same. Yeah, that's a good point there. Like I think it runs concurrently and that's where a lot of people struggle to make that transition from being a good trader and running their own business, you know, getting a business card and starting to – because it's a totally different list of responsibilities when you run that business. But a lot of people cannot run the job and run the business at the same time. Most people struggle with that. They just think – Look, Jonesy, yeah, that sounds good. You know, it's part of the training sessions that we do and, you know, will the training sessions that you've attended in the past that we've done as well. You know, there's a lot of people there go, yeah, oh, yeah, but Jonesy, that just, that's not me, man. I've just got to be focused on the job. And as we know, there's a, there's a dead end there. You can't keep pushing in that. We're speaking with Will Sawyers from Plumbing Solutions. Now, if you'd like to learn how you can earn more with less stress, just like Will, please pick up a free copy of my book, Power up your trading business, only pay for shipping. Go to www.poweruppyourbusiness.com.au forward slash book and enter the code podcast or lowercase. So in terms of that transition and that moving away, moving to that business owner realm, so what did, what was the next step around that five-year mark or so? What was the next undertaking there that you had to sort of reflect on and say, okay, what needs to change in in your habits? A lot. I had a lot of staff and at that stage realised that I couldn't be out there working with them. And so I tried to transition off the tools and did in what I thought was the right way of moving forward. It turns out in hindsight it wasn't, but I still tried. And then, yeah, tried to bring in more work and generate more business and do what you'd expect when you came off the tools part-time. But we had a lot of overheads. So as we grew and employ staff, there were a lot more overheads, which is expected. But what I didn't expect were things like how much time it would take to manage staff to make them do the type and style of work that we refuse to compromise on. So all of a sudden, my time went from being on the tools to being pulled in all different sorts of directions that I had no idea even existed. And we ran with that for quite some time until eventually I had had enough and decided to scale right back down to just me 
because when you speak to people out in any industry that you're in, they'll pretty much tell you what you want to hear. And that is, oh, mate, you're better off just going back to yourself. It's so much easier and there's less stress <laughs> and all these things. I'm making heaps more money now by myself. That's right. Oh, yeah. Heaps more time. It's awesome. Yeah, more time. Exactly. Exactly. So I did that and that's just not true either. So all of a sudden you're selling your time again. So you are the one and all. You are the one that takes the phone calls and does the jobs and you get busy again and you get really busy and then suddenly you once again you're playing firefighter. Or oh, yeah, you get sick or you hurt your back and you can't get on the job. This is the key thing of business owners out there a lot of times. They haven't got the adequate insurance as well. You know, they haven't got income insurance or other insurances there that, you know, if you can't earn a, earn a quid and it just becomes a spiral. But I think it's that classic scenario where you start with one person and then this is where, you know, for listeners out there, this is what we call the term growing broke, so G-R-O-W-I-N-G, which is that classic where you, I'm going to grow, grow my team, grow my jobs, grow my customers, grow my vehicles, so everything else is going north and unfortunately my profit and my cash flow go south and the headaches are going north as well. And that's when it comes to that stage where it's like, well, I've given it a red-eye crack, I'm done, right? I'm, I'm done. I'm now going to go back to myself and just keep it simple, right? Just go go simple. And this is one of the things that really we're passionate about, as you know, well, we're passionate about that to go down that track that you went down, you invested a lot of blood, sweat and tears over a long period of time, right? That if it, you did it right at the start, you could have leveraged that a lot better without the pain and the heartache. And again, as we say, that success leaves clues. We're all on the journey together. How was that learning process for you? And again, sometimes you've got to go through that, right, to appreciate what you need to do in terms of changing and for a better outcome. But how was the pain of going through that and the learning through that process of you know, gearing up and then scaling back down? Uh, well, there was nothing comfortable about it. It was just necessity. Mm. So once again, you feel like external pressures influence your decisions continuously and you don't get to make the decisions you want all the time because you're too busy. I mean, you have to make money. You've got to feed your family. So one of my interesting points that I did when I first started the business was I knew I didn't know anything about business. I was a good tradie, but didn't know anything about business. So I, over here in, in, uh, in South Australia, Business SA is an operation that helps businesses. And my auntie put me on to what they had as they still do, the South Australian Young Entrepreneurs Scheme. So I went through that and graduated to learn more about business. And the interesting thing about that particular course was it was great and they gave us exposure in all different areas, but it was kind of a snippet. So it gave you a little bit of an understanding about everything to do with legals and accounting and marketing and business values and even as much as personal grooming. There was a lady who was involved with that. That was interesting. I can see now that yeah, you've obviously done well with that personal grooming too. That's right. <laughs> You're looking at me in bucks. Oh, man, I don't know about that. But irrespective of that process, it still didn't teach me how to stitch everything together. So eventually it came to a point with myself and, and the business where I just needed someone to teach me how to stitch it all together. So I knew how to find work. I knew how to produce it to a fantastic standard. I knew how to invoice. I knew how to do all these little bits and pieces, buy products cheaply and you know all different elements within a business, but not how to operate the entire process. So the office, how to market correctly, how to add value to our clientele. That's kind of where I ended up. And 
refuse to give up though. Anytime you read any documentation or, or philosophies around businesses, you can't give up. Yeah, correct. So I decided, no, I won't give up. I'll keep going. Apparently, eventually, somehow, miraculously, it's all going to work out. <laughs> Just going to open up and there we go. There's a rainbow. There's the end of the rainbow. That's right, which never comes. But look, the, the thing that you talk about there, which is spot on, which is, is resilience and grit and persistence and whatever other word you want to throw out there, the throwaway word is that you. it is a journey for a business owner. And it's amazing what people do. It's, it's the old classic, right? They Most people overestimate what they're going to achieve in three years. They overestimate. I'm going to be a millionaire within three years, right? Then they actually underestimate what they can achieve in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you know, by building on that IP and doing it right. But unfortunately, people get to that three-year, four-year, and the stats prove it across all industries, that most people give up. Most people do give up. Most people... Now, they cop a beating and, as we always say, it's, it's it's a tough gig running a business, but they actually don't want to learn from it. A lot of people think it's a – this is what I want everyone to listen. If you if things aren't right in your patch right now, don't see yourself as a failure, right? It's just part of the journey. And this is a great thing about the the sisterhood or the brotherhood of being a business owner, it doesn't matter what industry, is that we're all on that same journey. And it is about getting belted and you're putting yourself out there. And often you can – you know. You get knocked back on a job or a client leaves you or you look at your profit loss, you're not making any money and you owe people. You can get down on yourself. But I think we've all got to look at it and it's a testament to you, Will, that you've, like you said, you've definitely hung in there and you've done the hard yards. You've got all the learning from the A to Z, the book of learning, the book of will. You've got that there now and you've hung in there. And now it's about the worst thing that could happen now is not leveraging it, right? Not actually combining it, working smarter, intelligently. And as you alluded to before, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Most business owners do not want to challenge themselves. They don't want to know the numbers. They don't want to speak to their team members. They don't want to have a team meeting. They don't want to speak to their customer. They don't want to survey customers. They don't want review. They don't want to get out of their comfort zone. The big thing they don't want to do is they don't want to say no to a client. So the key thing, and I want to sort of talk about some processes that you've really worked on, but yeah, how has that been for you about that comfort zone, getting out of that comfort zone and what you've been used to? To now, as you say, which you do it really nicely, piece it all together, pe- got a little piece of the puzzle together. Yeah, how important is that to get out of that comfort zone? One thing hanging in there, that's great, but you've got to get out of the comfort zone to ensure that you, you make the appropriate changes. The first part about what you just said, Matt, following on from before, if you're in business, you're going to get beaten up and beaten around by whatever means. It won't be physical, of course, but you will have terrible days, um, dizzying highs and terrifying lows. If I've learned anything from business, it's the old adage that when one door closes, another one opens. Yeah. So grit, definitely, you need to have grit and have the confidence that when one deal doesn't work out or one job's not going well, you do have the ability to turn it around. I think uh, when it comes to implementing new processes and what we do now that's different, I think getting out of your comfort zone, I guess, is what you're touching on. So that's crucial. You need to do things that you normally wouldn't do one little bite at a time or one little try at a time until eventually it becomes natural. As you say, get used to being uncomfortable because you are challenging yourself. You are challenging the norms of what, as a tradie, what we're used to. We're totally reversing what we're used to. We're used to getting on a job saying yes, getting a lot done, you know, working hard. Whereas, as you know now with what we do with our coaching and, and the our methodology is about less is more, right? It's about trying to do less activity, but more about the quality of the work that we do in terms of working intelligently. And I think that's one of the things there. 
where you're doing just a fast track, like obviously just some of the results that you've done, you know, in terms of the outcomes now, like in the last period of your reporting period, you know, 62% increase in revenue, which is awesome. You know, as we say, that's awesome, especially, you know, 2020 is a, is a difficult year. But the big thing is obviously the bottom line with a 470% increase on the bottom line, uh, which is massive and a great margin around that, you know, over that 20-odd percent uh, operating profit margin, 25% operating profit margin. Now, you don't get great profit margins unless you get uncomfortable. You don't get great profit margins unless you put the success habits in place. You don't get great margins unless you stop and reflect of yourself as a leader. Because what we see, and correct me if I'm wrong, smashing your turnover is not overly that hard. Building your turnover, again, growing broke is not that hard. I ramp up my marketing, yep, win more clients, put more guys on. Growing the top line is not hard, but growing the bottom line while the top line is growing can be very, very difficult because obviously growing the top line, you're getting more busier, there's more there's more things happening. So it's a credit to yourself and this is a great thing with our community, right? Like everyone's doing more, but importantly, we're doing the right success habits to maximize the bottom line and that's what we're in business for, correct? It's just amazing and it's just heart-wrenching when we do reports and we see some trading business owners and some business owners in general where they've smashed it. They've had 200% increases on their revenue for a year. They've never worked harder, right? Never seen their kids, didn't take a time off. And then they look at the bottom line because, again, they never had time to put the habits in to look at their scorecard every month or every week. And they work out they've actually made no money. So they've just actually worked out that, oh, this has been great. I've just smashed myself for a year and haven't moved my personal situation forward. I haven't increased any investment in my personal life or personal growth or relationships because I've just been focused on the business. So this is where just coming back to, to yourself, mate, it's a real credit to you getting uncomfortable and really putting the success habits in play to start to get that awesome results on the bottom line. Yeah. No, it's been fantastic. The comfort zone thing, um, one of the elements we discussed is, of course, getting off the tools and looking down on the business instead of being stuck in it the whole time. For me personally, that was very uncomfortable. It still is because you're used to being out in the trenches with your fellow comrades, you know, getting things done. And I love the leading by example mantra, but then getting uncomfortable, stepping back out of the business and watching has had the most unbelievably good effect on the business. Yeah. As you touched on, the results are in the numbers. That's your scorecard, right? You can't, that's a fact. Yeah, I can't believe it, honestly. I like the like the conversation we had a while ago where you would get a bit itchy because you had so much time and you didn't realise what do I do with all this time? Because again, you had that compulsion because of that path of least resistance of who we are. We had that compulsion of I've got to be out there doing more. Right? I've got to be out there doing more. Because you think if I'm not doing more, I must we mustn't be moving ahead. But now getting uncomfortable working on the business, you're now understanding and appreciating and seeing the results of the outcome of working on the business and working on the key areas of business. Because again, it's like yeah, you know, leading by example, leading from the front. No great general in the army leads from the front in terms of going into a battle, correct? They're obviously on the back. They're trying to steer the ship. Think of it that way. It's just that, and that's why you're doing a great job steering your ship. And and the habits that you're putting in place and with your team, with Emma and the, and the admin and uh, working through the team, you're doing a great job there putting good processes in place. So you've got good clarity now, correct, that you can actually start to understand the numbers. Oh, phenomenal clarity now. If I rewound the clock to before I got involved with you, Matt, I, we had no idea. I couldn't tell you until we met with our accountant what our numbers were, and that would happen every six months or so, if we're lucky. Mainly, you'd look at your scorecard at the end of the year, like you would at the end of the season, and 
you can't rewind time. Yeah. So I'd rather be proactive than reactionary. And those numbers that we can now see, you can work on. And that's been great. As a tradie, you get taught as an apprentice to work harder, you know, push, get things done, be more productive. Why'd you take so long at a supplier? All those little things. And so you carry those through into your, your career. And, and then as soon as you step out into a business, that's just second nature. That's what you do. And, and that's it's a bit of a failing. Yeah, it is. And you do need to be the general on the hill with the binoculars and not down with all your fellow workers to get a clear picture. That's that classic where as traders, yeah, we are hardwired to do more, do more, do more, don't stop. Okay, we've got to think, we've got to keep doing things to be productive and profitable. By you stopping getting uncomfortable and, you know, taking the time to check the score, making understanding the numbers, you know, how much more confidence has that given you, you know, in your future? I can't really explain how nice it is to have the confidence around that. It's changed everything. So we've gone from a point where we'd employ people because we're busy to now began to run a business and employ people because we know we need them because we can measure our productivity and profit for each and every person and everything within the business. Just that level of control or knowledge gives me a huge amount of confidence. We're growing and we're still growing. Well, that's our thing now. It's just about growing sustainably and profitably and measured. And you've done a good job of really buying into the profit planning and and, and how we budget going forward and making sure that, you know, if we put someone on, we've got to make sure we've got the appropriate level of income coming through to ensure that the bottom line doesn't change. And that's reflected in, in the results that you've achieved to date. So, and again, like 18 months ago, it was about 18 months ago, you attended one of the, the Reese training sessions and and we connected and straight away, and that's what resonated with myself is that, yeah, you get it and, you know, you know business, yeah, you're well-read, you're well-versed. It was just those, it's amazing, we call just those joining the dots, wasn't it? It was really just joining the dots for you, number one, but then more importantly, you starting to, to implement it effectively has made a massive change. It's not the big things, is it? It's just the little things that's really made the big change. No, that's right. I think with, for everyone out there in business, at one point in time or another, you're looking for someone to help you. And I still feel that in the 15 years we've been operating, I'm always looking for someone to help me. The trouble is there's generally no one out there to help you or no one that speaks your language. Or So there, that's not quite true. There's always someone that would be out there for you to help you, but it's a matter of finding them. And that particular time when I met you and heard about what you offer and your business, and I've told you, Matt, I said to myself, where the hell has this guy been? This is exactly what I'm after, someone that can assist me in business and help me be more successful in what I do and to learn. That Learning was the most important thing for me. So, of course, you know, you set up the, the chat and the rest is history. And the cool thing is, which is what I love, is that, you always challenge as well. Like the good thing is, you know, you'll challenge the why or hang on, this is not good enough or where do we get value, which is great. And that's the thing where I think a lot of business owners also just think, you know, I'm going to get help or there's a magic pill or there's a silver bullet, correct? And that automatically it's going to change. Now, as you know, that doesn't happen. And this is what anything in life, unless you're willing to actually put in, get uncomfortable, make changes, make sacrifices, you know, pretty much do the reverse of what you're hardwired to do, then nothing's going to change. There's the cargo ship analogy where you can't just stop and turn around. If you're going to make any changes, they're slow, they're small and they're incremental. 
but eventually everything turns around and you're heading in a different direction that's better. I like that analogy. That's good. Unfortunately, some people think, yeah, they just want to be a speedboat, right? Just boom, just take off and just it's all going to happen. It just doesn't happen. And this is what it's all about, that sustained level of success and growth, which is what you've done. Now, one thing that you've done really well and coming back to it, you know, with your team, and I think I'd really like people, and especially our listeners, your ability to tap into this, which is obviously the forefront of driving a sustainable business, is that you've done a great job of recruiting your team and really getting them to buy in, you know, and making them part of the um, your leadership group. So how's that been in terms of what are some of the key things you've really worked on with your team to give them the confidence and, and really being, hey, proud of your brand? I've always wanted to have staff that were proud of working for us. One of the things that I make sure I do is thank all of our staff routinely. It's amazing how much a thank you that's well meant is well received and that brings with it loyalty. Recruiting staff is always troublesome for any business. So we have always looked for great people that follow the same ethos as what we do. We do try and hire people slowly and not in a reactionary way just because we're busy. And I've always recruited outside the boundaries of advertising. So I think we've advertised a position once or twice and we've never actually recruited from that advertisement. We've always gone within the industry itself to try and find good people that marry in with what we do. We've had it from TAFE, for example, which for those out there that are after new staff, TAFE can be a world of help identifying great people. Our suppliers have been great as well. And then existing staff have found other people for us. So that's been great. But really making sure we tell everyone that's within our business that they're highly valued and we love the fact that they work for us. And just this last Monday, we were having this discussion around what more we can add to their position and training and is there anything else they would like to have. That was really well received and they gave us great, honest feedback. Well, I think, and this is where I'll give you a big wrap here and just let listeners know, like in our community, Q Performance community, you know, we'll share what you've implemented there on that Monday morning meeting, you know, before you even get started, you know, have a meeting, go to a cafe off-site so it's nice and relaxed. So essentially, you know, everyone everyone that's jumped on that, the majority of our clients have jumped on that and implemented that on a Monday morning. It's just raving success. So in terms of what you've implemented there on that Monday morning, you know, how important is that Monday morning catch up with a team where it's relaxed. You can sort of share, obviously, some goals or guides or plans for the week, but it really, I suppose, sets the scene for the week that, yeah, let's get some good momentum. We are a team. Let's work together. Like, How important has that been to really engage your team so that they are committed to the goals? Really important, 100% important. In essence, what we do is we are interacting with their own lives, not just viewing them as employees. And so on a Monday, we catch up. We have breakfast together. We spend an hour running through the jobs that have been completed, what's yet to be invoiced, all that normal stuff you'd expect within a business. But the meeting always kicks off with how's your weekend and how are you and everything around their personal life. So that's just been fundamental. It's made our staff feel more valued and they come to work on Monday, fresh, ready, because they've got all their fellow staff around them And so they make each other accountable for that too. I can't even begin to see the value that it brings to to any business that tries it. Success in terms of 
implementing that Monday morning catch-up. Now, everyone in our community that's done it have just been raving about how, again, a lot of them were sceptical, as they are sceptical, oh, what do I need a meeting for? What's it going to do? Like some of them have said, they used to have chronic you know, sick leave. Their sick leave now is down, especially on a Monday because they have it on the Monday morning. But just the level of engagement, the buy-in from the team, I think it just comes down to it's a simple thing is that they're feeling cared. They're feeling like, you know what, actually, this organisation is actually empathetic of my situation, background or whatever's happening. So there's that feeling of empathy as opposed to a boss with a stick, which, again, you would have been the same, Will, when growing up as an apprenticeship, you know, it was just be like, don't even say anything, don't look sideways, just do it, right? I'm just going to hit you with a stick. That was our generation or my generation back then. It's, it's changed a lot now. If you want to really leverage your brand, leverage your business and really power up your your team, you've got to actually give them the time. And it's a credit to you what you've done, really investing time, energy, money and everything in between to get your team up to speed. And that's why now, correct, you can how many how many times a week you're doing Pilates during the week or yoga during the week? Yeah, hey, you're a yoga fan, aren't you? Only twice. Twice a week, yeah, right. Just do a bit of salute to sun or, or kumbaya, right? But Oh, that's just, yeah, that's repairing the body damage that's happened throughout the years of being a plumber. Working hard. What you just said, Matt, like I was taught my first day on the job, my boss said, I don't pay to think, I pay to dig. <laughs> that was my introduction. I love but it. then going back to Monday meetings, and for everyone out there, what we chose to do was let's try something different and get out of our comfort zone once again. How about we invest an hour of our time and business expenditure to get all of our team together, feed them, get them coffees, whatever they like, and then send them on their way and we'll see what happens. What happened though was instead of people coming to work or staff coming to work on a Monday and dragging their feet and they talk amongst each other at a yard about how their weekend was and whatever happened and you get a minor level of performance on the remainder of that day on the Monday, They come into work, clean out their vans between 8 and 9, 9 and 10 we meet, but then from 10 into the rest of the day, the productivity increased 30%. Mm. So it didn't matter that we lost two hours of trade in the morning. The fact was we picked up so much more for the rest of the day and it set the scene for the entire week. So all of our weeks now have more productivity and that's then created more profitability. And the great thing is, and this is where it's measured, right? It's, it's measured in that 25, 28% operating profit margin. And this is what I want everyone, the listeners to understand is that, so what was done in the profit plan in the budget, it is HR, human resources expenses, you know, team meetings to really educate and engage a team. We're allowing, you know, 200 bucks a month or 500 bucks a month, whatever that may be, in basically essentially your team engagement kitty. And you're measuring against that. And again, this is where a lot of people think, oh, I'm not going to spend that or I can't afford to take them off for an hour. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of business owners get it wrong where they think they're losing that hour. They they just focus on losing the hour for that week. They don't see the productivity for the other 39 hours during the week. Everyone goes, oh, no, nah, I'm going to lose an hour. It's going to cost me an hour. But they just focus on the cost. They focus on that lost hour or they focus on that $500. They don't see that this is going to be an investment in time, in money, and it's going to get the payback is going to be unbelievable in your most important resource, which is your team. They are out there. They are pushing your brand. They are going to be attracting good clients for you. They are going to be attracting good team members for you. But it's amazing still, and especially I've noticed in all, all the industries we're across, 
the trade industry still has this thing about, I don't want to invest in my team, or they might leave me. So it's like they might leave me. And I want people to think about, don't worry if they leave you, what happens if they bloody stay? You know, I always say they stay and you don't train them. How bad's that? So it's just, I can say it because I'm a tradie, all right, is that we've got this backward thinking. No, I'm not going to invest in them. I'm not going to invest in them. I don't want to get better because they might leave. Okay, well, how does that work out, right? How's that working for you? Generally not that good. But, yeah, look, I think that's, yeah, that's great. And, not, and, the, and the other thing that too, Will, and just sort of to finish up with, you've done a really good job too with you know, not only doing those meetings but really trying to focus and, you know, this is a long-term game, right, you know, building the training in, you know, building the, like a training plan and modules, essentially modules for your team so that they can really grow and increase their skill level. Absolutely. Yeah, so the, all staff, anyone in a job, well, they should want to learn, you expect, and with learning comes growth or with growth comes learning, whichever way you look at the picture. Our staff have loved it. They do love learning more. I've had guys come to our business because they heard they can learn more, plain and simple. So it's reverse psychology. You invest in your team and it's amazing how they invest back in, into you and your business. Yeah, that's great. And I think, and that's the thing where, again, so a lot of people have not quite connected with that aspect of invest in the team and they'll give back. And it's amazing too because you're doing a great job. Again, habits, you're making that a habit. That Monday morning now is just such a habit. It's ingrained that if you stop that or tweak that, your team would be like going, hang on, what's going on? Like a lot of times, sometimes business owners, that you think, oh, the team don't realise this or they don't appreciate certain things. But if you make a change to their habits, that can have a total change to their routine and obviously their performance. So now it's become such ingrained, you know, your team are really driving that. And obviously, how are they then coming also prepared to those meetings in terms of sharing learnings or coming up with new opportunities? How is that just the general dialogue will too in terms of the level the quality of the dialogue now without you actually having to ask them, they're really now proactive in putting forward recommendations, ideas and learnings. Yeah, they were very proactive. I think to begin with, it took a while to generate that level of honesty they'll bring now to a meeting. They will tell me exactly how it is. They'll tell me exactly how a customer or a job or whatever it was, there's full transparency and they get the same from us. We're fully transparent with them. It does nothing but breed a great culture. That, that's all it does. It brings with us way too many benefits that I never even knew would have existed. And from there, I wouldn't even consider getting rid of that Monday meeting. So much so that if I couldn't go, I'd still say to the guys, go to the cafe and have breakfast. Yeah. And put it on the tab. Yeah. It's that simple. Just them meeting up in a neutral place as well. Mm. It's fantastic. You know, they all go to the yard or wherever people meet routinely, it's just somewhere different. It's neutral territory. That's just the way it's got to be as far as I'm concerned now. Two things I want to double back on. One, that definitely having a neutral environment. That's where people need to understand and maybe if they haven't really connected some of their meetings and maybe yeah, get that neutral environment so that it feels like they're not under the pump or under the spotlight. The key thing that you mentioned there as well where it does take time, like you know, the initial few meetings, you know, you're not maybe getting that buy-in or it's, they're a bit quiet. And this is what I want you know, listeners and other, other business owners to think about if because I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this and they're thinking, oh, yeah, I've tried a meeting. You, know, you might have done it for once, twice. You may have done it for a month. And then you go, oh, it's not, not happening. A bit like what we were saying before, you've got to have that grit determination to keep it happening. 
and give your team members the time and they're getting used to the rhythm, they're getting used to the habits, they're getting used to being more confident in speaking and, and they're not afraid to speak up. So that's another good point that you brought up, that it does take time and you have to be patient with that as well, correct? Absolutely. And off the back of that, when we're looking at our clients, like if someone out there that's listening thinks that the clients that are waiting for them at 7 in the morning are going to be disgruntled if they're not there until 10, well, then maybe your clients are part of your problem in your business as well. What we found is if we tell our clientele on Monday that we can get to their job at 10 a.m. or 10.30 or whatever the time is after our meeting, most of them have been very receptive. They don't mind. And on that, I know a lot of customers are receptive. When you say, no, we're having our team meeting, we're having a planning meeting, this is what we do. It's just like any other business. You know, you call up a real estate, they say, oh, no, we're, we're offline from 9 to 10 because we're having our team meeting. You know, you go to a retail store or whatever. It's just common ground in most industries, but for whatever reason in the construction trade industry, people just think, oh, you're going to be there at 7 and, you know, there's no sort of appreciation for it. No, hang on, we're actually running a business as well. We're having team meetings. And I like what you say that, as, as you mentioned, sometimes there's certain clients there, maybe they're the wrong client. If they don't really appreciate you, then it's, it's good to say no to because obviously we want to be dealing with people, clients that really appreciate and respect how we do business, you know, which comes back to the rules of your game, right? The rules of your game. This is how we do it here. That's fine. You don't want that, Mrs. Jones. That's totally fine. I don't get emotional, but this is how we roll. Good luck. Maybe we see you down the track. Also, too, in saying no to a client, in that respect too, that takes confidence and also a fair bit of time under your belt to, to have that confidence. Would you agree? And the, the understanding that it's okay to say no to clients. Absolutely. Once again, it's just that momentum thing. It takes a while to build it. And my mantra, if someone calls to book a job is uh, on Monday morning is no problem. We have a staff meeting until 10 a.m. Yeah, it's great. No one argues with it. Everyone accepts it. And then, like I said earlier, you then get full productivity from your staff from the time they go to work after the meeting and they're happy and they're content and they're fed and they've had some coffees and they've had a catch-up and then off they go for the week. I love it. Like, you know, in terms of that engagement with the team and and obviously the great thing is coming back to the scorecard, it's evident there that that investment is paying massive dividends on the bottom line, which is awesome. So just finish up, Will, what's a point or two or – a takeaway that any potential business owner that may be struggling or whatever, what are some of the things that they should look at or what's a, in your journey, what would you say to someone, go, look, here's the number one tip, do this? Well, to begin with, you never get to the end without starting. I think if you think in your business there could be something you could change or shift, just give it a go. It's definitely worth it. And if it doesn't give you the results that you want to begin with, it might take some time or it might not even be the right thing, but it will lead on to something else. It always does. Yeah. That'd be my number one. So you're just giving it a go. Number two is the underlying you need to stick it out. Come hell or high water. If you give up, you'll never know what you could have had. I'm so glad, even through all the the carnage of business life that I've been through and most <laughs> of us go through, I've stuck it out to this far and I have no intention of backing off or closing. But I have been one of those people that's looked on seek. Yeah. I haven't done it for a very long time now, but I definitely have. Mm. But stay the course. Staying the course is paramount to success. And I think in line with that too, which you alluded to before, just make sure you've got that right team in your corner, right, just to make sure you can navigate and also be honest with you as well. Sometimes if you're going down the wrong track, you just got to be, hey, stop, you know, 
don't be surrounded by people. And that's a, that's a thing like with the, with our community as well, would you agree? Like if you want to go forward, you want to succeed, you want to be a winner, get in that group or surround yourself with the right type of people. There's a lot of people out there that will say, oh, well, look, you've been doing it for X amount. Why don't you stop now? And you know, it's really important as business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs, whatever that may be, you've got to be in that positive mindset because that positive mindset will gain momentum. So it's a pretty simple shift gears or start to change the way in, in your personal life, who you operate with or who you hang around with, but more importantly, maybe what discussions you bring up with certain people. Because I know for a fact there's certain family members, I'm not going to bring up business around because they're dead set doomsdayers. You need to get deaf. Yeah, that's right. Just like boom. You have to cut out the white noise. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. As you touched on, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're surrounded by turkeys. Mm. That old and my last thing would be uh, trust your gut. Yeah. It's remarkable how you internally know what's right for you and your business. You can get as much, and, and this is what I think where some people now, there's such an overload of information. And, you know, I talk to some people and, you know, they've read a thousand books, they've listened to podcasts, they've done this, they've gone to courses. But coming back to what you're saying, they haven't actually gone past go, right? They're so, they're frozen by too much information where at the end of the day, if you go back to, well, what does your gut say? Well, it just says go left. Well, just go left. There is so much information out there and sometimes there is a bit of expectation of, you know, read a thousand books a week or a day or a year and but you can get overloaded. At the end of the day, you've got to make it happen. You've got to move forward. And to your point, start and then more importantly, have the habit of measuring, right? If we're going, measuring the profit. So whatever we do, just make sure you measure it. So, no, it's really good. Look, really appreciate it, Will. Thanks for sharing your story and obviously your experience. And you know, I'm really sure that listeners would have got a lot of a lot of gold out of that that they can start implementing straight in their business. And really looking forward to the next 15 years, mate. And looking forward to seeing some big big things ticked off on the journey as it continues. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm definitely looking forward to the the future and where we go from here. There's nothing but exciting. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing a shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me, come and realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business. 